Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. We're pleased to welcome back to Left, Right, and Center, our regular weekly political program. Uh, uh, infrequent but always welcome guest, Reverend Susan Eagle, who's with us. Nice to see you again. Glad to be here. And Robert Metz is with us as well. Uh, Rob is, uh, is, of course, one of our regulars. And Bob, nice to see you too. Morning, Jim. Guys, I want to... Uh, I want to be very careful how I broach this because I don't... I'm, I'm truly a seeker after information here, and I don't know whether either one of you can help me or not because I don't quite frankly know where you stand on this issue. I think I know where Bob does, but I really do not know where Susan does because it's an issue that I think has a, has a number of different elements to it, one of which could negatively impact Susan's oft-expressed concerns about affordable housing and so on in our community. And it has to do with the, uh, with the, the provincial edict that allows the city to recover uh, unpaid utility bills from landlords. Um, the, the council has approved this, although it is being discussed this morning at Board of Control, we're told, and the, op, the op, option, the opportunity exists to to change it, and there are a number of things to which we could change it, but the province has said it's okay to go after a essentially uninvolved third party here. Susan, when I first heard the story, after I overcame sort of my personal objection to the idea of imposing this on someone who really had nothing to do with the equation, my the, the second thing I thought of quite literally was, I think this has got to hurt a push for affordable housing. This has got to hurt people who want to see more landlords put up affordable housing or, or, or put up housing for people who may be at risk in our communities for a variety of reasons. Um, that This is just another thing to make being a landlord of a, of, of a lower rent property less attractive. Uh, and and I wonder how you reacted to that news. What did, what did you think when you heard that this was going to go ahead? <sighs> Well, a couple of reactions, Jim. Um, and, and first of all, let me say that uh, Border Control is looking at that this morning, and I had actually planned to be there to sit in on the discussion and hear what got said, um, except I had an invitation to fill in for Jeff Schlemmer and be here. But I am heading over there as soon as we're done, because it, it is an interesting debate and discussion. And I know London Property Management uh, Association is making a presentation mm -hmm. this morning, and I believe there's a number of other landlords who are going to be there. Uh, there's there's two considerations for me on this. I think there, on the one hand, there is the issue of uh, if someone else incurs a bill, why should you pay for it? And uh, I think that's sort of the obvious uh, immediate reaction to it. But then I started to think about it a little later, and I thought, you know, if somebody comes into my house and lives in my house with me for a while, and I say to them, uh, will you pick up the tab on paying this or paying that? And they say, sure, I will. If at the end of the day they haven't, I'm still the person that's on the hook because I'm the person responsible for that house. But you've lived in the house too. You, you but may, I've been living you may well sure, have used sure, some of those things sure. that they contracted but, but for. But it's it's my investment, it's my property, it's et cetera, et cetera. So I really was interested to hear the debate today and how it was gonna look because on the one level it does look inherently unfair that you would set up a system where some you'd say to someone, You're on contract to pay for this and when they don't then you pay for it. But I have to go back and say, Well, but let's look at the other angle. I actually talked to some landlords last week who told me that uh, their solution is that they look after the heat and the hydro bills and the utilities um, and that they prefer it that way. Um, and I know for me working with low-income people, I can tell you that the tenants I work with who look for housing, they prefer looking for places where the heat and the hydro is included with the rent for the pure reason that if they're on minimum wage or if they're on any kind of fixed income, even seniors on a pension, 
they want to be able to predict month to month mm-hmm. what their costs are going to be. Even though the costs might well be higher because they have no incentive yeah, or ability pre- to, to, to economize there's predictability now. then to, to the rent that they're going to pay and they can anticipate it and they can plan for it and they can try and work for it. The, the greatest number of people who call me who are being evicted are people who have had unexpected expenses and particularly around utilities. They go up, go down, and all of a sudden uh, they can't manage anymore because they're suddenly whacked with a with a utility bill. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the discussions we need to have is not just who should pay the unpaid utility because that seems to be the only focus that that's happening right now and talk about whether or not if we're really concerned about affordable housing we try and integrate heat and hydro and in in with rent so that we have some kind of projected um amount for people to pay each month particularly seniors i i've had seniors on the phone weeping just weeping, saying, I got this utility bill and I don't know how to pay it. Mm-hmm. I can't pay it. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm going to lose everything. And I'm thinking there has to be a better way for us uh, to provide housing for people and to provide some basic stability in the community. Then, then this kind of a system with these utility bills that are all over the place. You know, Bob, I, I, I said earlier, I, I suspect I know what your opinion is on the on the broader issue on the appropriateness of making the landlord pay, but I, I shouldn't take anything for for granted. What, well, how do you see this issue? Well, it depends on the contracts involved. Um, Susan gave two different scenarios. She says the first issue is why a third party, though she didn't really address that. In the second situation, she says someone comes into my house. And in effect, I subcontract to someone, which is not the situation we're talking about. We're not talking about subcontracting, but we're talking about an independent contract made between London Hydro and an individual. That's between them. It's not between anyone else. And uh, just because the landlord happens to rent his facilities to these people doesn't make him responsible for anything any more than anyone else who does business with that person. Um I know that Gord Hume, when he was talking to you on the, on the day that this came up, he was talking about the city having around a quarter million dollars in d- bad debt on this, which is currently being borne by the taxpayer. Mm. And uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think that's a better scenario than what we're suggesting here. Um, get, get this but, on record. Bob Metz well, actually said the taxpayer should like be it. paying for this. I don't think that the public should be, quote, owning the utility as such. I think it should be privatized and we shouldn't be forced to pay a debt to a, to a utility. This is why these kind of laws are coming in. This is socialism turning into fascism where you, where you have state control of private property. That's the definition of fascism. Mm-hmm. And so what you, in, so what they're trying to do is they know in the future we're going to have a tremendous hydro shortage. Ontario Hydro is a basket case. We're going to be lucky to get through a very cold winter without rolling brownouts. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking at hydro, the cap coming off on the price, but also on all of the extra extra charges. We may be looking at it's possible if if nothing proper is done about it, that we're going to see massive increases in, in, in our rate of hydro and Certainly power. there are a number of experts um, that I've talked to who have indicated that, yeah. And so... You know, this is all being done in anticipation of that. So, I mean, we're all going to be on the hook one way or the other, but I don't think that, I I can't agree with Susan when she said we shouldn't talk about who should pay, but we should be talking about affordable housing because they're both the same issue. Susan, let me me come back to what you said and what Bob just said too. Would it not be more equitable, and, and you and I have had lots of discussions over the years about equity, would it not be more equitable to have 
not necessarily the taxpayers, but the ratepayers of the City of London, subsidize those among us who simply are not able to pay their bills in the same way as through welfare and a variety of other programs. We, sure, we, Jim. We, we I, all of us subsidize people who find themselves in trouble. That's the whole point of, of social programs is that you subsidize the people who are most in need. But shouldn't all, problem, of us, all of us be subsidizing them rather than picking on just Well, we should all example. be subsidizing them. And the way we subsidize them is by paying taxes and having social services deliver uh, social assistance checks mm-hmm. or even top up to people mm-hmm. who are working poor who can't manage. But we don't ask. What's to- happened with the provincial government in the last few years mm-hmm. is they've cut back so badly. Sure. On those social assistance checks and kept minimum wage so But in low, this case, in this case, bills. we don't go to, for example, we don't go to the business owners in London and say, uh, because the province told us we could, we want each one of you to give us five thousand dollars a month so we can pay our welfare bills. We don't do that. No, we don't. So why and, would and we? Why would we go I to said, the landlords? My, my first prior, my first preference would be. Well, A, that we give people the sufficient to pay their utilities. Secondly, that we start to push more for uh, for rents that include heat and hydro so waste. So that we fair can, then to say that you don't support the idea of the landlords having to pay? I can honestly say I'm troubled by it. Yeah. I'm troubled by it. Philosophically, I'm troubled by it. Um, but the problem what we're having is that we people simply can't pay those utility but bills. But you're, you're, there's a pro- I'm having a problem now though because I'm hearing two things from you. The second part of your concern, I share your concern, and I also believe we have to find a solution for that. But I'm trying to get on the first part, and you said philosophically because to me this is a philosophical mm-hmm. issue, nothing else. Um, th- this simply is wrong to do this. You voted. On council, I don't know how you voted originally on approving this, whether you approved it or not. But I'm just wondering if there if there were another vote, if there is another vote come to council, w- would you support this? I honestly don't know how I'm going to vote when this comes back to us, because it will come back to us mm-hmm. next Monday night, and it's part of the reason I want to go sit in on the discussion and hear some of the pros and cons on this, because I I said I'm troubled by the fact that we're going to have a landlord pay the utilities. On the other hand, I know people who are, I mean. Let's be clear. People are not – there are always some people who are bad tenants. We've had this discussion many, many times. But I know that right now people who are being evicted and leaving behind utility bills that are unpaid, um, more often than not, they simply – couldn't pay that bill, mm-hmm. and they they actually had to leave the leave the unit and, and walk away from it. I wouldn't dispute that for, for, for me a as a landlord. Let me tell you this: mm-hmm. if I have an unpaid utility bill. And the heat and hydro is getting shut off mm-hmm. because they're going to be because uh, the bill is not paid. I'm personally going to go in there and pay the bill because I don't, don't want to jeopardize my property. Not if you don't have property. the money or not. Well, I don't want to jeopardize my property. But if you either. don't have the money, how are you going to pay it? Well, don't, don't you're forget you're operating well, from this premise that landlords and all like have I money. Like I said, as a landlord, what I uh, for me as a landlord, the preferential way to go is to include heat and hydro as part of the rent. But, then you know, you but, are, but, but, but as but a that renter, that doesn't address the issue. No, but as a renter, I I have a problem with that. As a renter, well, it absolutely does address because the issue. you're going to make money. Times when my usage goes down, you, the landlord, are going to make a little extra money off me. When my usage goes up, maybe it'll balance up, maybe it won't. But I I have to believe that you, as the landlord, you're going to set that amount to cover your butt sure no matter you are. what happens. Sure you are, but Jim, that's a red herring. I mean, the reason landlords are dumping utility costs back onto tenants and separating it out from the rent is not because they're worried they're going to make um, money from the tenants that 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 won't that's more no, than the utility. No, it's because they want fixed expenses. It's because they're worried that utility costs are going to yeah, go up and they, they want to pass them off on. The they tenants. want they want it's fixed expenses the it's same as the tenants. They're now finding tenants can't 
pay those utility bills when they get passed off on them in that kind of radically fluctuating kind of well, who should system. pay them and if the tenants can't see you're, you're losing here if the tenants can't pay them i don't understand i've why offered the- two two solutions one is that we make sure that social assistance levels and minimum wage mm-hmm. and working wages are sufficient but we can't do that you can't do that as a city councilor you have to deal with this issue as a city council we can't but we have lobbied on actually both grounds mm-hmm. to say to the province minimum wage needs to go up social assistance levels need to at least cover the kinds of costs both of those things are like throwing have. flames on the fire i uh, just well for example, if if but I if, can't if you're pay my rent, you simply even want the, people out on the street starving. Let's talk about. Hang the on, I'm, I'm, I think you're arguing utilities that utilities are homeowners pay utilities too. Renters you, who have their electricity paid in their bill, they'll get evicted too if they can't afford to pay the bill, which includes it. So really, right. what you're doing is you want all the responsibility pushed on the landlord, so you can make him the bad guy and have the city take no, one step back. You're trying from to its push me into that, and I'm trying to have reasonable conversation here. Well, the person who can't pay isn't about, always a tenant. Let's talk about utilities. Utilities are not a luxury. In in a cold climate country, Absolutely. they're a necessity. But, but, but Susan, all you, the more reason. You and, I, you, and I and Bob, you and I and Bob all agree on that. What I'm trying to get at here is I'm trying to figure out why, for my own understanding, why you would hesitate because you've already told me, and I'm not picking on you. Please don't think I am. I'm just trying to understand this. You've already told me that philosophically you, you don't think this is the right thing to do to make this individual group pay. And and everything I know about you and in, in your in your entire career has suggested that the group should pay that we that we have a social contract with each other and we should look after each other. And I'm a little baffled as to why in this one instance you would you would you would you would you would see, seems to me to move away from that and say, well, well I, I'm not comfortable with it, Jim, but I, I'd have to think about. It. I'm not sure I'd vote. I want to hear it. the discussion and the pros and cons. Absolutely. Well, what, what, What's the point in having an entrenched position that you never move from? I want to hear the discussion. Well, sometimes you have. Ex- I, I mean. Those of us who are of religious bent, we have entrenched positions relative to our faith. We believe it's right or it's wrong. Is this not a right or wrong issue? It's either right to make the well, landlord I, pay or it's not. Well, I don't, I'm not sure. I think in some cases, landlords have unfairly uh, passed off utility bills on tenants. Where, where how, they, how is that un- done unfairly? How is that actually done unfairly? I mean, oh, the I can cite all kinds of examples, Bob, for you, where, where, we, they, where they've separated out the utility costs from the rent, and the rent hasn't gone down to accommodate the utility costs that the, that, uh, that the tenants are now paying. So don't tell me that it, that landlords haven't been unfair about this. There have been lots of them, and I can cite them. So I'm not going to do well, it on the air, but I get so is this how from, is this how we punish the bad ones we, we, no, by, no, by hurting them all? have to do is start to come up with a system that actually represents and adequately acknowledges the true cost of utilities. Bob said the best way to do that is privatize the utility. Well, again, I don't want to privatize something that's, that's an essential necessity in a cold climate country, such as Canada. We need to have ownership of the utility. So you need, then, then need, you're saying that we need we to have ownership of the grocery stores because food is far more essential. Then you need then we need to have state ownership of all housing because housing is we essential. See, Bob, the problem we with having a discussion with you is you is want to take it to extremes. You're the one taking it to the, the extremes. Oh, wait, 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 Time out, time out, time out, because I do want I do want to come back to that one, Susan. Our though. country has for a long time acknowledged that utilities 
are part of basic necessity in a cold yeah, climate so, country. We've so not tried food. to control grocery but, but stores. But so is food, though. Well, and we try to prov- we try to provide food security. But we, we do. do that through social assistance checks. Yes, but the food itself in the stores is brought there by private enterprise. I don't. I, I'm still. I, I've never have understood the concern that people have about keeping energy public. And allowing food to be private, it seems to me if either one of the two were the one that we, if we, if we were, if, if the rationale is that it has to be under public control to guarantee adequate access and affordability, it seems to me food would have been the one that we would have pub, uh, to gone public before we would have done it. So the unions did, and everybody stood in line for their bread. That's what you get. Now we're standing in line for electricity and health care and everything else. No, I'm, I'm, you know, it's I all just, part of the no, same. Like, okay, okay, fine. But I just I wanted to just see what well, Sis thinks about that. I think when you look at the way it has evolved historically, and, and I, I'm i proud of the fact that we have our publicly owned utilities in this country. Yeah, but wh- why are you any more proud of that than you would be proud of the fact that we have privately owned food stores that have the greatest bounty in the history of this planet available to you and me 500 feet from here in this big Loblaws store over here? Why would you not be equally proud of that? Well, I think, I think first of all, the history of the way they've evolved is different. Um, the utilities. Utilities started privately until they were nationalized. Absolutely. And all the people who started the, pro- the utilities ended up committing well, suicide. I, and I think, they invest- I, I that's think Rob, it's a little harder to set up your own little private electricity plant on every corner. No, it's not. It was happening last year until Ernie Eves. It takes one year to put up a 50-megawatt plant, and it doesn't have to be nuclear. And and it's just, it's just amazing that this ignorance is out there, that people don't understand what is available in the private marketplace. Well, we're, we're straying a because little Because we stuck far. ourselves on this huge government monolith monopoly that can accomplish nothing but drain money. The reason Susan likes the public sector is because she's in it. Good heavens. What other like, reason? Because it doesn't make logical like sense in any other sector, argument. Bob, because I <laughs> truly believe we owe something to each other as a community. We owe something yes, to freedom, each other. respect. To care for each other. Private property rights and but the right of contract. But then I would contract. come back, Susan, I would come back, I wouldn't go so far as Bob, but I would come back to you and say that I agree with you. We do owe it to each other, but an individual group out of that group should not be made to pay for Another individual group. Yes, we should all. It's inequality for the law. For I'm, I'm much as I would much happier. Although I'm still not real happy about it, but I'd be much happier to think that a small percentage of my utility bill is going to help the people who can't pay their bills than I would be that my friend next door, who happens to own a couple of apartments, that he has to pay that outstanding bill, even though he had nothing to do with running the bill. That's correct. And like I said, that's one of the reasons I want to sit in on the discussion and hear what's getting said. Because as I said, on the surface, it looks inherently unfair. So I want to unpack it and I want to sit in on it and listen to the pros and cons on it. I can't imagine what's under the surface. Because as I said, there have been some landlords who have dumped utility bills off on their tenants without reducing the rent. But you can't, surely you can't want to punish all the landlords for the bad actions of a few. Well, absolutely not. And I think a policy like this would encourage not just the, the few bad apples to not pay their bills, but some marginal people who, who are thinking, well, I've only got three months of my tenancy wait, left, wait, so I'm guys, getting I'm out sorry, of here now. Okay, we, we have paying. to pause it. Ryan's waving sure. his he's, – he's doing what he does in there when he gets very upset because okay. uh, we have not stopped talking. We will be right back. Stay with us. This is News Talk 1290 CJBK. It's Talk of the Town. It's left, right, and center with Susan Eagle and Bob Metz, and we've been talking about sort of, again, political philosophies here. Uh, oh, we've which, been talking socialism, fascism. Well, Russia, yeah. yeah, my gosh, it's we, been interesting. We, we run the gamut. We're we're all tuckered out from running the gamut today. So, Susan, I want to recap then. Philosophically, 
on the surface, as you've said, you think this is probably wrong to tax the landlords. Well, I'm going to repeat my position. No, when I, I first no, looked at I want it, to... it seemed it seemed unfair. Yes. So I need to go and hear the debate and look at the discussion and find out what some of the rationales are for this, because I, I am certainly troubled about somebody paying a bill they don't owe. On the other hand, as I said right at the beginning, uh, if I own a property and they're cutting off the heat and hydro in it. I'm probably going to go in there and get that bill paid because I want to protect my investment. If you've got the money. If but you've got the You're money. assuming again that all the landlords are rich, and that is an inaccurate And the solution assumption. I offer is that we look again at providing people with sufficient income through work and social assistance to be able to pay those bills. And secondly, the landlords look again at including heat and hydro in uh, – in their rent, because I know a lot of tenants but that's not, if prefer the, that kind but of if predictability. if the tenant can't pay the rent plus the utilities, what makes you think they're going to be able to play the, pay the rent and utilities together? Aren't we still going to have the same percentage of people are not going to be able to pay that bill at the end of the day? So what difference does it make? Well, I think it makes a big difference because I think there's some landlords who unpacked utility bills from the rent without really lowering the rent. So we're going to get all the landlords because of those few bad guys? No, I'm suggesting that landlords... Uh, perhaps look at whether or not it's wiser for them to include the utilities with the heat. Why don't we, with, with let's do it the other way around then. We know there's a few bad tenants. You've alluded to that before. There's some bad tenants. Why don't we just make all the tenants, every tenant, put up a deposit? Put them all up because most of them are, are okay, but there's a few bad ones. So let's insist that every tenant put up, a, say, a $500 deposit to cover this sort of thing. A five hundred dollar deposit to the utility or the landlord? Well, to anybody it doesn't matter. Because they already are to putting a third, up deposits to, a third party. to the utility. To a, to, an to an unemployed. You look at what no, the I'm saying that we make everybody do it because you're saying we make all the landlords pay because some landlords are bad. I'm saying let's make all the tenants pay because all some tenants are bad. Well, same thing, isn't it? Well, except they already are. They're paying utility deposits now. If they're paying utility deposits, then how are they running their bills into the black or into the red? Because we have laws in this province that prevent utilities from collecting uh, when they when they have to because of act activists like Susan Eagle who have protected the tenants from that kind of thing, which in, in the long well, run... Well, that's patently ridiculous. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, that's what and, I see. But thank you for thinking that I have that kind of power because I never, ever thought I did. Oh, you trust but, me, Susan, uh, you do. We don't have like laws do. that won't allow utilities to collect on bills. And in fact, I get calls from tenants all the time and homeowners. Okay, here's a quick... Have their utilities a, shut off almost because out they of time here. Almost out of time here. I got a quick one. I just want you to think about this. Um, one of the arguments I said it was used to me by some of the council members was the province said it's all right. And, and the mayor, in an email that well, was that I got a copy from today from the mayor's office, the mayor said, no, this is okay because somebody has to pay or words to that effect. So I sent her an email back, and here's what I asked her. And she cited the province as being the authority for this. Toronto also has the authority to tell us that we're going to take all of Toronto's garbage in our dump out here. Suppose Toronto tomorrow said, London, all of our garbage is going into your dump. Would any of our local politicians say it's okay because that's what the province Jim, says? Jim, you know me well enough to know that uh, just because Toronto says something's okay or Ottawa says something's okay doesn't mean that I buy into it. So, so this is not. So you're the fact not, that Toronto says we can do something doesn't necessarily mean that we do it. So no. you're not. You're not one of. But there are some people down there who believe that. Said who have said it on this program. You're not one of them, obviously. I, I'm never in line to say just because another level of government says we can or can't do something that that makes it acceptable. Well, well I'm sad, I've never taken that I'm position. sad to report that thus far, in my personal experience, both Controller Hume and Mayor DeSico have made that point. 
And what I find most disturbing is the evasion of the moral issue involved here. If somebody gives me two facts and says to me, what do you morally think about that? I'll answer it. I'm not going to say, well, I need more facts. Because when I get more facts, maybe my, maybe my opinion will change because there might be another factor that brings in another state. But when you look at it on the face of it, and even you just look at, that's all I can see right now. You just don't hold an arbitrary third party responsible in any moral sense of the word, in any sense of contract, common law, even politeness and decency uh, for, for the actions of a third party. We've been going that way so long in this province. It's not just landlords. It's people who own bars who are held responsible for drinkers who've already been taken home by them. And, you know, the guy gets up at three in the morning. So it tell me, Bob, on and on. Tell me Bob, if that's of, the truth, how come the gap is growing between rich and poor in this province? Because if, if the poor have oh, got Susan, so much... Susan, you want to come back for a whole show the, on that and I'll explain it. So why much, I think that's a good thing. I think poor have got so that. much power and clout in this country. How come they're doing so badly? Well, and Susan, now in in fairness, according to a lot of studies, they're not doing that badly. I know there are some that say there are. There are also studies, Absolutely. many credible studies, who say they're not. So that let's do that another day. Absolutely. The invitation is always that. open, Susan. You're always welcome here, as is Bob Metz. Thank you for listening to this part of our program. This is Left, Right, and Center on News Talk 1290 CJBK.